we're still on the subject of grace. And so this evening, I'm just going to just touch upon grace quickly. I believe that uh, all our pastors have been speaking on this subject. And uh, they've spoken a lot about this whole subject. And we've learned a lot from the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our grace saved us. And grace empowers us. Even to be able to do what? Go out there and also do what? Win souls for Christ. Grace did not save you so you can just sit in church. Like Pastor is saying, it makes you think about somebody else when you look at where the Lord has brought you from. I know where the Lord brought me from, and I believe that it really encourages and empowers me even when I don't want to go out. That is one thing I always remember, that God saved you so you can also go out there to get somebody saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not going to waste much time. I just want to quickly um, speak about uh, another part of grace. Because grace has different levels. Amen. Amen. And so today I just want to speak about the three levels of grace to serve. The three levels of grace to do what? To serve. Hallelujah, somebody. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. Amen. Can you put it on the board for me? Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 8 to 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. I just want you to look at the verse 10. It says, for we are his what? Workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good what? For, for good what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do what? Walk in them. That is why when pastor says we are saved to go out there to do what? To also get somebody saved, it is the truth. Amen. Grace does not just save you and then expect you to just be in church. Grace saves you so you can also go out there and do what? Tell somebody about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a pastor that was, I'll tell you a little story. There was a pastor that was preaching one time at a men's conference. And this pastor was preaching on grace. So he said to the men, he says, I feel being led by the spirit that every man that is here should do what? Come and give an offering. Should come and give an offering. <laughs> They should give an offering in appreciation to the, to the wife that God has given them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so you can see the pastor was in the spirit. So he said to them, now you come forward. They brought a, the offering basket. 
And he says, now everybody come and show your appreciation for your wife. So all the men were coming. Some were giving a thousand dollars, ten thousand, two thousand, three thousand. And then one, one man wrote a check for fifty thousand dollars. Hallelujah. <laughs> so now this there was this last man that was coming to give in appreciation of the wife God has given him. So this man reached there and put in five dollars. And the pastor was shocked. So he waited. He says, everybody be quiet. He says, my brother, what, what is the problem? You mean the wife God gave you, this is all, this is the appreciation and the love you can, five dollars. So he looked at the pastor's face. He says, you know, pastor, you don't understand. If you knew my wife, you would know even this five dollars is by grace. That this five dollars I brought is by what? It's by grace. And you know, actually I was expecting that by the grace of God, you give me change for three dollars. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now this evening, this is not the grace we are talking about. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. This is not the type of grace that we're talking about. We're talking about another different grace. Amen. That man needs a lot of grace. Many believers in the body of Christ do not reach their potential. You know, the level where God wants them to get to. And it is so sad because many Christians die without fulfilling the, the, the purpose, the holy purpose of God. They do not reach that uh, level where, you know, God wants to take you, the level of grace that God wants to take you. And I was asking myself, why? Because there is levels in grace. Remember, Pastor Gloria was talking about levels of grace to do what? To receive and also to, to, to give. I remember when I was in South Africa, um, a friend of mine one day walked into my house and gave me the car keys and the documents for the vehicle. Now, that's another level of grace to receive. But you find there are many Christians that have worked their whole life, toiled and toiled and toiled, and nobody has what? Has favored them. They have not seen that type of grace. There are different places in missions where I've been to, where I've received stuff that I knew that in my own strength I could not have done that. But God gave it because of what? The grace. Hallelujah, somebody. It is so sad. Because many don't reach what the, the, the price, the mark of the price of the high calling. That is the place where God expects us to do what? To reach. Where you can say, 
that for me to die is what? It's gain. And to be absent from the body is to be with Christ. How many Christians today can, can boldly say that? They are terrified. Because we are not moving. And today I want to speak on the three levels of grace. That's the number one is the knee deep grace. The Bible says you are saved by faith. Amen. You are saved. You are saved by grace through what? Through faith. When God saved you, he brought you into a family, into the church. So you can do what? You can be a blessing. So you can begin to serve God in your own little capacity. And here you receive what? You receive training. And slowly, even as you grow, you get to a point where some of us get stuck. We get stuck in the knee-deep grace. We start to sing in the, uh, in the worship team. We join the ushering department. And, you know, we, we, we're part of the church. We go and come every day. But we don't make any impact. That to me is the saddest thing that can happen in the house of God. Because God has placed great grace on each and every individual that's sitting here. And together we can do exploits. But many get stuck in this place where they what? They just need it in there. Look at God's grace as what? As a notion of God's mercy, God's love, God's grace. When you want to go into the ocean, you decide which, which part you want to stop. I remember when we were kids, when we used to go to the beach. We would go there, we see some going in there, but we do what? We just stay in the front there, and just, yeah, with the, where the sand is. <laughs> and we play in this, you know, when the, when, when the sea comes, and cools down, you know, that's where we are standing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some are even terrified to go close to the sea. Wow. My father was so terrified of the sea that if he catches you or he hears that you have been there, the flogging you will get that day. Amen. God saves you by grace. So you can do what? You can excel. He did not just save you to do what? To just come sit in church, be a part of just the band or just the choir. Or It, it goes way beyond that. And that is what I want to talk to you about. That if only we could make up our mind that there is a higher grace that we can step into. I tell you, we will do things different. Even our families will be different. Amen. When you look at James 5.17, just put James 5.17 on for me quickly.
James 5.17 tells us that Elijah was, was a man like us. Amen? And he prayed. Hallelujah. James 5 verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Sometimes we, we, we read this in the Bible and we think it's some stories. This is somebody's experience of God's grace upon his life. This was a man, the Bible says, was like us. He had pain, he had flaws. And he was able to do what? To command the heavens to shut up. And the heavens kept quiet. And there was no rain for three years and what? Six months. But I think one little thing that he forgot was that he also drink water. That is why when you pray certain prayers, you need to be careful because it's going to affect you as well. But nonetheless, he wanted to prove a point that he had the grace of God upon him to do what? To command for it to happen. And that is why I like this time of June that we are going in the, 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 the you know, what's, what's going to happen. We're going to start to do what? Command. Now we're doing what? We're going to move into another level of grace to do what? To command stuff. Command that people be saved. Command that the power of God comes. Hallelujah, somebody. Elijah was a man like us. And he was able to do what he did. The Bible is put it there to tell us that we can also do what? Do that. Because of the grace that has been given to us. It is not of ourselves. It is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ that is upon you. And so when you do it, it's not because of you, but because of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember every time we do what? We, we finish service. Or every time service closes, there is a prayer that we pray here. Who, who remembers? Oh, yes. You know, it's become like a ritual. It's become like, uh, <laughs> well, thank you. And, you know, we just mumble through it, oh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Some don't even finish it. When you look at this prayer that Paul prayed, he was trying to do what? tell you something that the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and what the communion of the holy spirit when you combine these three elements or when you bring these components together there is nothing that you can do because when you know and and you 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 see the grace that is upon you that you are able to do what go out there and challenge systems and you walk in love. And you begin to have communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Who leads you and guides you. There is nothing you cannot achieve on this earth. But it's so sad that we try to do things in our own strength. You can have 
the terminator grace upon your life. But without the love of God and, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, without the direction of the Holy Spirit, you go nowhere. Because you always find yourself in the wrong place. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. It was not because Elijah was, was superhuman. And he did not one day just stand up and abracadabra and everything just happened. Beam, salabim, and then the heavens were shut. He did not come and, and, you know, perform some science fiction. This was somebody who did what? Who was close to God. Who knew the grace that was upon him. And did what? Use that grace to the service of God. When you look at a person like Joshua, the Bible tells us that he was an apprentice, the apprentice of Moses. Or if you want to put it nicely, the servant of Moses. He served Moses. He watched Moses. But when it was his time, he recognized the grace that was upon him. And he utilized that grace to do what? To serve God and his nation. He did not play hopscotch jump somewhere there in the desert. He allowed grace to do what? To manifest through his life. It is amazing when you read Joshua chapter 10 from verse 7 to 14. It talks about how Joshua came down with the mighty men of valor to go and attack what? The Amorites. Verse 7, so Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord rooted them before Israel. Killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. Chased them along the road. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord cast down large, large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah. And they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites, Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. Hallelujah. Now this was a man who knew his potential. He knew the grace that was upon him. This man has watched Moses do wonders and he learned something from there we're sitting here with pastor you know a pastor that is anointed that is teaching you what to do that is filled with the grace of god there is something that you need to learn so when you step out there you'll be able to do what now come into your own grace and begin to do exploits for the lord hallelujah 
It is amazing if you sit here and you do not learn anything. You go out there, you will not be able to do what? Be successful. Why? Because you did not recognize the grace that's upon the house. Amen. You need to recognize the grace. When you recognize the grace, you don't just recognize it, but you utilize the grace. Wherever you are found, be it in your office, be it in your home, wherever you are found, allow the Holy Spirit to do what? To use that grace that is upon your life. Do you know there are places when you go and you speak, the grace of God will manifest and everything, if there is confusion, everything will be quiet. Except you begin to put this into practice, you would never know the true grace. Amen. Most of us get stuck in this knee-deep grace where we are just going in and out of church. We're just part of a department, and that is it. And God is telling you that there is more. You need to do what? You need to step out of your comfort zone. There is more. You need to press on. Amen. You need to press in so you can do what? You can be able to reach out. Because remember, I told you that grace is like God's ocean of love, mercy, and grace, and power. And you determine how far you want to go. You can walk in knee deep. And because of what? Fear and comfort, you do what? You stop there. You can decide to do what? Walk further. And that is what I call waist and chest deep. Now, how many of you know that when you get to that level in the sea, then you begin to think again? Because if you are not a good swimmer, anything can happen. So many people don't even try it. Hallelujah. Many people don't even go there. You give 10% of your tithe because that's what God says. You're trying to obey the word of God. Praise the Lord. You, you are in the worship team. You are singing beautifully. But God is telling you there is more to singing. You need to get to the place where you can sing to pull down. The power of God to set people free whilst they are doing what? They are listening or whilst they are singing along. It is another level. Not many worship leaders reach there. Some sing because they want to be seen. If that is your motive, then there is grace on you. You still need it. You need to try as much as possible to do what? To go deeper. That is where now you begin to do what? Practice in your own time. You need to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. You need to become a psalmist. You need to be able to do what? In your own closet. Be able to praise and feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to know how to worship God from every different angles. As you begin to build, he will build your confidence. So when you stand here, it's not just to be seen. 
It is because now you are ready to do what? To pull down the anointing for service. Hallelujah. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, when you are a worship leader and you are able to pull down the presence and the anointing of God, many things happen. People get healed. People get saved. And somebody will say, wow, I went into that place and there was something in that place. I cannot describe it, but there was something. I was touched by something. Amen. That is where we call the chest deep grace. Amen. Where you don't just give 10% of your tithes. You give more than 10. Because of the love that you have for God. We struggle with giving. Because we have not really understood what grace is about. Grace gives you the power to do the things that in the natural you will not be able to do. That is what grace is about. It is the power of God that comes upon you to do things that in the natural you will not be able to do. And so we all need to do what? Strive. And get to that point. We need to strive. Hallelujah. Just go with me quickly to Philippians chapter 3 from verse 13 to 19. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. He says, forgetting the things that are behind. You don't see yourself to have achieved. None of us have achieved yet. We still have a lot to go. God knows there is a lot that we can achieve. He knows that there is more grace for service. And so he is expecting you to do what? To actually reach forward. You need to strive in. Amen. God is a gentleman. He will never force you to do anything. But you need to do what? Make up your mind. Remember when Joshua chased those people through that valley and was chasing and killing them. He got to a place where he saw that now the sun was, you know, if it gets dark, these people will run. So he stood and he did what? He lifted his eyes and he commanded the sun to do what? To stand still. And then he said, the moon, you stay in the valley of Ajalon. That means he commands the sun and the moon to do what he wants, you know, his own bidding. He says, because I have God's business to do or to attend to. And because I have not finished with this business, son, you stand still here. You moon, I don't want you here. Stay in the valley of Ajalon. Because this is where the business is. We need light to finish them. Hallelujah. Wherever the unsaved are, he has given us the power to do what? To go in there. To command things to happen. Amen. 
to speak the word for it to come to pass. But it will take fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit in order to get to that point. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have what? Apprehended. He says, I've not seen anything yet. Because there is more. He says, I press in. I strive. And I, because there is a place that God wants me to reach. The mark of the price of the high calling. Not everybody gets there. Even preachers, not everybody gets there. Because there are some that get to a place and they become comfortable. There are some that if you send them to certain places, they will not go. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some places that when they send you as a child of God, you will say that, please, no, no, not today. No, no, not now. <laughs> And you know, you can see the man of God is standing and he's calling out. There is missions work that is supposed to be done. Come and give so that this missions work can go on. And the Lord is prompting you. You know, the Holy Ghost is prompting you. Yeah, remember. Take that thing in your purse. Go, go. Go and give. And he said, devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And you know that is not the devil. But you keep rebuking the devil. People, how can we reach this, this just deep grace if we keep resisting? He says, do not resist. You need to press in. Amen. You need to press in. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? He had to press in. Because he knew there was grace to do what? To get healed. Grace to, be, to get saved. But the only thing is, remember if that woman was sitting in her house sleeping. Oh, you know, I feel so tired. So, so tired. Can you imagine? That woman's name will not be in the Bible today. We are reading about her because this woman was somebody that never gave up. Refused to quit. Many Christians have become quitters. Some have become campers and some have become what? Climbers. But you'll find only a few climbers. Those that are quitters are more. And you find those also who wants to do something have become what? Campus. They camp in the knee grace. And they refuse. Even when the pastor is trying to push them on, they say, hey, please. This is as far as we want to go. But I urge you today, if you are listening to this, I just want you to know that there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more that God wants to do with you. There is more that God wants to give you. There is more. Don't settle for less. You need to do what? Press in.
It says you press towards the price, the mark of the price of the high calling. You don't settle. I don't say it to be easy. There is nowhere in the Bible where God told you it's going to be easy. That is why when he called Joshua, he said the first thing he said to him was, Moses, my servant, is what? Is dead. When God says something is dead, that means it's dead, died, dead. It is gone. Don't expect it to come back. Because he knew they were looking at Moses. They were depending on the grace that was upon Moses. But God told him, he says, you, I want to use you to do something new. But make sure that you are not afraid. He says, do not fear. You know, how many of you know that when God tells you, do not fear? <laughs> it means there is a lot to fear. Hallelujah. It is amazing. When God began to say, you know, over and over, God would say, fear not. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid of anyone. And then I, begin, I began to be worried. Why is God repeating? When God repeats something twice or thrice, you need to take note. Every time you read the Bible, you see God repeating something two times or three times. Take note. Mark it. And ask yourself, why was he doing what? Repeating this. Because God knew that they were going to come Enemies were going to come out of the woodwork. The wall of Jericho was, was before him. Amen. The Amorites and all those hideous, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, and all the sites were hidden in the mountains, waiting for them to get there. There were people who wanted to kill and destroy what God had begun. It is the same thing with you. God's grace that is upon you. The enemy won't want you to do what? To see what God wants you to see. And so God tells you, do not be afraid. Press in, amen. With the guidance and the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you will be able to do what? Fulfill God's purpose for your life. There are many of us sitting here. A time will come, God might send you to somewhere. And because you have prepared and practiced for this, you will reach there and you will not be afraid. Amen. The knee deep, the chest deep grace. You need to get to a place. <laughs> you need to get to a place where you can do what? You can give above, over and above what God expects you to do. Amen. Because believe you me, you can never outgive God. And you can never outrun God. You need to go way above the knee. You need to walk in if you want to receive more. When you're going into the ocean, you walk in and it gets to your chest. Then you know you are in. But even there, you are still not in. That is not the mark of the price of the high calling. You are almost hanging around there. There are many of us that get there and we do what? We settle. Oh, now everybody knows you. God has made you famous. And you become this, you know, buoyant person. 
you have connections. God has given you a lot of favor, you know, connections everywhere. Things are happening for you. You're driving a nice uh, three series. Big house. Beautiful wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now you've become very influential in church. Amen. And then you think, oh, now I've, I've arrived. You settle. And God keeps prompting you. There is more. There is more. There is more. Amen. How many of you think that you need to go deeper? Well, it looks like many of us don't want to go deeper here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You need to go deeper. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, many of us here we maybe we we're not that we're not there yet. We feel you know the knee the knee side is, is okay for us. But how do you expect the church to expand and, 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 and grow if you don't do what? You don't go deeper. You need to walk deeper into the God's ocean of power. Hallelujah. You get to a place where God begins to show you things, even concerning the church, what you can do to do what? To help the ministry to grow. People... The time has come where we need to do what? This month has been the month of what? Dabbed as the month of grace. Now we're going to move into another season. But don't forget that grace is always there for you to do what? To do exploits. Even as you move into that season, never forget that God's grace or God's power is upon you to do what? To do exploits. That together we can do what? We can use this grace that God has given us to do the business of God in the house. It is amazing that even the church, the grace that is upon the church needs to transcend beyond what? The confines of, of, of the four walls of this church. It needs to go out into the streets. It needs to go into the houses. It needs to go everywhere outside of this place. Because God's grace is not limited to what? The confines of, of four walls. He gives us this power so we can do what? Take this power out and bring in souls. Hallelujah. So we need to make up our minds that we're going to what? We're not going to settle for a chest deep grace. Hallelujah, somebody.
It is amazing when you look at somebody like uh, David. He realized or he recognized the grace of God that was upon him. And he did not just recognize, but he utilized the grace. When you look at the story of, of uh, David and Goliath, the Bible tells us everybody was hiding. These were men who had fought wars. These were men who were trained to do what? To fight. It's, the, it's like the church. We have been trained through courses after courses after courses. You were trained for what? Well, I hope, I hope that is not true. We are trained year after year after year, and the years keep passing, and the years keep going. And God is waiting on us to do what? To recognize the grace and to do what? Step out of our comfort zone. So we can do exploits. Most times we, that, that is one thing I came, I came into this place and I looked at the whole scene. I looked at elites as a whole. And every corner I just see the flag of LGBT. Even the Nandos had the LGBT flag. And it's on the bridges, it's on every. And I'm thinking, where are the Christian flags? Remember, Goliath taunted the armies of Israel day and night. It is the same thing. The enemy is standing here, in, you know, right in your face, telling you, yeah, this city is for us. And meanwhile, God is waiting on us to do what? To actually recognize the grace that's upon us, the power of God that's bestowed on us to do what? To be able to do win more souls, bring down the power of the enemy in this city. When Saul, the king, was thinking, this guy is too big to kill. David was also looking at it from another different angle, that this guy is too big to miss. Most times you might be facing a certain situation, and you start to cry, and you, start, and you don't know what to do. And you think, oh, I'm finished. It all depends on how you see it from the point of, is it from your own point of view or from the point of view of grace? If you are looking at it from the point of view of grace, then that thing, that mountain, you tell that mountain that the grace, the God of grace is greater, is bigger, far bigger than you are. And so I am not afraid of you. David walked in that grace. He did not just become a king overnight. The Bible tells us of how he suffered, even slept in caves. But still the grace was upon him. That there was something he was looking at. And he never cast his eyes off that grace. He believed with all his heart that the grace of God was upon him and that he was meant to be a king. If you see yourself that way, then you'll be able to reach out and even go deeper 
than the chest deep. Amen? I'm just finishing off. Then the last part of grace that I want to talk about is what we call the immersion grace. Amen? The immersion grace. It is the level or the part where you do what? Now you're walking. Isn't it you're walking into the sea? God's power. You've reached chest deep. And you get to a point and you say to yourself, no, God, if there is more, then I want to walk in. So you're walking. How many of you know that when you walk, there's a, a part of the sea, when you walk in, your leg don't touch any sand. It doesn't step on anything. Now you are there, what? You are basically there, suspended, and you are dunked in there. Basically, you are drowning. If you are not a good swimmer, you know that is where you start to pray your last prayers. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Where you are immersed totally in this power of grace. Amen. You know that level. Not, not many people reach there. I can say that in the Bible, the guy that I saw reach there was Paul. Because that guy was beaten, he was drowned, he was flogged, he, was, he still kept coming. He was in prison. He still keeps coming. He never stopped. He never stopped until the time when, you know, even when he was about to die. He says, I fought a good fight of faith. Now my time has come for me to be poured out as an offering. How many of us can say that? Not many. That is the level that we want to get to. Where you are soaked and you are deep in there. You are immersed in God's power. Suspended by grace in there. Because there, you don't stand on anything. You know, when you're on the shore, you do, you're standing on sand. But when you go deeper and you are, your head is covered, you are suspended only by the power of God, by the power of grace. And there, you begin to do what? Breathe through the mouth of grace. You begin to see things differently. That is the place where all judgmental things falls off you. You begin to see through the eyes of God. You are not quick to judge anybody. You are the first to do what? To come to the prayer. Because you, you know the value that you place on the service of God. Amen. The immersion grace. You get to a point where you don't just sing. You sing because of the love, the deep love that you have for God. You come not because somebody is forcing you to come. You come because what? God. His grace is upon you. And that you come because of him. And so when somebody does something, you are not moved by what people say. 
You are not moved by people's opinions. That is the point where you, you are not moved by what anything, how anything that happens, but only by the word. Only by the word. That is when you can boldly say that I give myself away. Amen? I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Hallelujah. God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us to do what? To step forward. To step into the other levels of grace. So we can see the power of God that is upon us. Begin to do what? Work for the service of God. God is waiting on us to do the work of the ministry. The pastor can only train. The pastor's job is to do what? Is to equip and to empower. So we can do what? Go out there and do the work of the ministry. But as said we recognize the grace and utilize that grace. We will still be playing knee-deep grace in church. People, there is no more time to waste. Because the days that we walk in it, it's not nice. Don't wait until it is too late. And say, had I known, I should have moved faster into the grace. And begin to do something for God with my life. Grace is available. Grace is there for whatever you have to want to do for God. And more of it is available for even bigger things. God bless you.